The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Take your Bibles, and we're in John chapter 15. Have you ever heard something, and when you've heard something, you thought, that's impossible. There's no way that that could be true. And then somebody will affirm that, in fact, that is true, and they will say, I heard that they said this. You can, it's true. How do you know it's true? Because they said this. In John chapter 15, John chapter 16, and John chapter 14, there are three statements that are made. And tonight I want to present to you a sermon I've entitled, Jesus, the God of the Impossible. And he gives us three statements in these three chapters that if Jesus didn't say it, there's no way it would be true. I want you to see those three, those three passages. The first one's found in John chapter 15 and verse number 18. If you're there, say yes. Good. The Bible says this in John 15 verse 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus, the God of the impossible, when he uses this statement right here, if Jesus hadn't said it, I wouldn't believe it's true. How could somebody hate Jesus? Jesus would have been the most incredible person to spend a day with. You would have never been in want of food. You would have had all of your needs taken care of. He said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and goodness by Christ Jesus. Jesus always had something interesting to talk about. The wisest of the wise, the PhDs and the noble scholars of the day were were confounded by what Jesus said. And yet that same God who spoke with such eloquence and such authority that even the lawyers and the politicians and the elite society of the day just sat back and said, did, did he just say that? That same God would go over to children and eight and nine-year-old boys and little girls would come up and, and they would seek his attention and they'd say, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. And Jesus didn't slough them off and say, no, I've got to talk to the important people. That same Jesus would sit down. Could you see Jesus kneeling down and talking to a little boy, talking to a little girl? What's your name? Oh, my name's Ralph. Well, that's not a very Jewish name, but I like it. <laughs> And so, where, where are you from? Oh, I'm from over here. And are you in school? Yeah, we're learning about, uh, we're learning about Moses. Oh, Moses was a great guy. In fact, he's one of my favorite friends. Whoa. What about Abraham? Yeah, well, before Abraham was, I am. <sighs> if the world hate you, you know that it hated me. How could anyone hate Jesus? Well, the Bible describes it. He says in verse number 24 that they hate me because of the works that Jesus did. And it says in verse number 25, they hated Jesus because of his word. And then the Bible says, the world will hate you because of your witness. Jesus did a pretty good job of alliteration on that one right there, right? 
They hate me because of my word, they hate me because of my work, and they will hate you because of my witness. Now, I don't know how somebody could hate Jesus, but the world hates Jesus. When Jesus makes that statement, he dispels a common myth, and that common myth, a lie of Satan, that is that being liked is important. Oh, it's nice if you're liked, but being liked isn't important. If you don't get a whole bunch of likes on your selfie, that's not necessarily important. If you're not the most popular guy on campus, that's not necessarily important. God shows what is important, and if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. That blows my mind. Look at this next one. Look over in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, if Jesus didn't say this, I wouldn't believe it's true. Oh, he said this. No, he didn't. Show it to me. John chapter 16 in verse number 7. You went over one page. If you're there, say yes. The Bible says this. Nevertheless, Jesus talking again. I tell you the truth. It is expedient. The word expedient means it is the best thing for you. This is broccoli instead of milkshakes. This is is a good night's sleep over an all night playing FIFA. It is expedient for you. It's the best thing for you that you do this. So Jesus says, nevertheless, and he, he even doubles down on it. I tell you a truth. It is expedient for you that what? That I go away. Now, how could it be good that Jesus goes away? Because when Jesus was there, when the winds are crashing and the waves are doubling down and he's sleeping at the bottom of the ship, we go and jostle him awake, Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus comes out to the bow of a ship and he says, shh, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves, woo. And then he goes back and finishes his nap. How could it be good that Jesus goes away. If if I'm them listening to this, I'm thinking, I want Jesus with me wherever I go. I want him with me. I want him present with me. I want him to be around me. I want to be where Jesus is. But Jesus makes a statement, and he says this statement, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now that word comforter is different. There's something unique about that word in verse number seven. And the uniqueness is that it's capitalized because it's not just talking about a normal title. It is the proper name of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't understand all of this, but Jesus gives clarity and he says, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. Jesus, while he was here on this earth, is 100% God, but he is 100% man. And Jesus allowed his ministry to be limited to the physical personhood of who he was. Outside of his trip to Egypt as a baby, Jesus went no more than a few dozen miles from the place that he was born throughout his entire life. And so his ministry was very regionally focused, centered on this place, except for some very few exceptions. But Jesus wants his word to go forward. And so Jesus, understanding the limits that he has put himself uh, upon himself to be 100% God and to be 100% man, he's going to go and prepare a place for his children. And so the Holy Spirit is going to come and live inside of Christians. Oh, how could it be? I, I wouldn't believe it. But Jesus said it. Jesus is the God of the impossible. This one 
blows my mind. Go over to chapter 14. In chapter 14, in verse number 12, the final, as way of introduction, impossible things that Jesus says truly blows my mind. Jesus, the one who walked on water, fed 5,000 people, would confound the elite and show love to the lonely who would heal a leper and give sight to the blind and allow a lame man to walk. That same Jesus who would die on a cross to pay for the sins of man, bear the weight of our sin upon his shoulders, be buried and rise again from the dead. Now, if Jesus hadn't said this, I would not believe this. But will you look at what verse number 12 says? Verse number 12 shows us this. Verily, verily, which is a way of doubling down or compounding upon this is true, this is true, true, true. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, Jesus saying, the works that I shall do also, the, the works that I do shall he do also. What? This is Jesus talking. The things that I've been doing, if you believe in me, you'll be doing these same things. Whoa, 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 whoa. This gets even crazier. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. Does that, does that stump any of you like it stumps me? Jesus said here in verse number 12, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you're going to do also. Oh, and even greater works than these. These three statements of Jesus combat the lie that like being liked is the most important thing. Combat the lie that no one cares and you are all alone. Combat the lie that your life doesn't matter. Because Jesus has said you're to do great works. And that you are not alone. Because Jesus is the God of the impossible. Our first point tonight is this. That Jesus always keeps his promises. 100% of the time, Jesus always keeps his promises. In Mark chapter 10 and verse number 34, in speaking to his disciples, Jesus said, if you scourge me and you beat me and I die and I am buried, three days later, I will rise again from the dead. That's a bold promise. But with that bold promise, you can go to a tomb in Jerusalem today and millions of people will visit a tomb and they will say, this is where Jesus was buried, but he's not there because Jesus always keeps his promises. Jesus is alive today. Why? Because he rose again from the dead. Jesus is God. He always keeps his promises. He didn't just keep his promise about rising from the dead. He keeps, keeps his promise about accepting sinners. In John chapter 6 and verse number 37, Jesus said, All that the Father give unto me, I will in no wise cast out. How could Jesus make impossible claims like this? And how are we supposed to believe that God wants to do great things through my life? Because Jesus always keeps his promises. He accepts sinners. We're all imperfect, aren't we? 
There's not one perfect person in this entire room. Oh, we try to look good. We wear nice clothing. We even wear a tie on Wednesday night from time to time. We do these things because we want to show we have respect or we have demeanor or we have good manners. But at the end of the day, Jesus accepts all of us. I don't know what you've done and I don't need to know. Jesus does, but Jesus accepts sinners. In Romans chapter five and verse number eight, the Bible says that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you're saved here tonight, raise your hand. You're saved here tonight because Jesus accepts sinners. Now, I don't know if you were saved at six or if you were saved at 60. There's a wonderful promise that Jesus accepts sinners. He rose from the dead. He accepts us as sinners. This is beautiful. Not only does he accept us for a little time, the Bible tells us that he gives us everlasting life. Jesus always keeps his promises. Always keeps his promises. John 3, 16, the Bible says, for God so loved the what? That he gave his only begotten, help me out. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting life. When you accepted Jesus as your savior, you received everlasting life. Not temporary life until you uh, did something bad again. And if there was a way for you to keep your salvation, you would lose your salvation because like me, you mess up a lot, don't you? We, we make mistakes, we make errors all the time, but my salvation is not dependent upon what I do. It's completely dependent upon what Jesus did for on the cross. And when I bowed my head and I said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Because I'm a sinner, you died for my sins. And in the best way I know how, I ask you to save me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And so I put my faith and trust in you. I'm on my way to heaven. Do you know that promise in your life? If you were to die tonight, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? You can, why? Because Jesus keeps his promises. He kept his promise about rising from the dead. He kept his promise about accepting sinners. He kept his promise about giving everlasting life. He made another promise in John chapter 14. He says this, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. Aren't you thankful he didn't say residence halls? <laughs> it's kind of like Ballard South. It's got a good vibe to it. In my father's house are many what? Tell it. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. For where I am, there ye may be also. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I got to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ keeps his promises. And someday Jesus Christ is coming again. He always keeps his promises. So when Jesus speaks, he's not just speaking in hyperbole. He's not just sharing something of, um, of anecdotal consequence. Oh no, Jesus keeps his promises. So when Jesus says that it's better for him to go away because the Holy Spirit of God is going to come and indwell you and that through that power, you're going to do great things. 
Jesus always keeps his promises. Number two, Jesus uses people. Jesus uses people. I love Pensacola Christian College. But if I'm to be honest with you tonight, I don't love Pensacola Christian College because of the four wins. And I don't love Pensacola Christian College because of the Crown Center. And it's not the rock wall or the flow rider that could kill you. (laughs) And it's not the bowling alleys. Can I tell you what makes Pensacola Christian College special to me? It's the people. Oh, God uses cameras and lights and buildings, and it's a wonderful thing. But God's primary tool is people. Students, you stand on the precipice of a great adventure. God desires to use your life in amazing ways. And the thing that Jesus said, greater things than me, I want to tell you tonight, he's doing it. There are great things being done. Oh, I could talk about all of Christianity around the world. I could talk about what Christ is doing through uh, the United States. But I want to tell you that Christ is doing great things through graduates of this school. And you are on the precipice of a great adventure. If you're here tonight, you are in line to be accounted with, as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, a great cloud of witnesses. People whose lives are being used for the glory of God and they might not be celebrated on a social media post and you might not turn on Fox News or watch a TikTok video about them. But I gotta tell you, right now, in profound ways, God is doing great things. And he's doing great things from people who are just like you sitting in these seats as students, coming to campus church as junior high boys and teenage girls. God is using people all around the world for his glory. Great things are being done. I can tell you about uh, uh, Jared and Ashley Johnson who are up in the Pacific Northwest and each week they teach children's ministry. Oh, was he a youth ministry major? No, he works as a financial planner for Edward Jones. And every week, him and his wife are raising a godly family and they are telling people about Jesus Christ, graduates of Pensacola Christian College. I could tell you about Heather and Austin Kuzmano. If you've ever enjoyed an Auntie Anne's pretzel, you saw the graphics that were made by a Pensacola Christian College graduate for Auntie Anne's pretzels. And as you enjoyed that pretzel, there was a Christian who was working up in Pennsylvania, designing with the skills she learned at this college. But on Sundays, her and her husband are leading small groups. She does pro bono design for local ministries. You know why? Because here she got a passion for serving the Lord as a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. Michael and Abby Simmons are leading worship in a church in New Jersey. Jordan and Diana Griffin, they are leading worship at a church in Las Vegas. Josh Hirschberger is defending Christian liberty as a lawyer in Indiana. Chris Chavez is leading a, a church camp in Indiana. 
Tate Thronson planted a church as a graduate of Pensacola Christian College near Denver, Colorado, Rob Marisol tonight is going to have a youth group full of 30 or 40 or 50 kids learning the Bible truths of the Word of God. He's a Pensacola Christian College grad, and he's telling people about Jesus Christ on the island of Oahu. Charity Berkey this afternoon will send out a devotional that will go to a quarter of a million women and encourage women to know about Jesus Christ. A graduate of Pensacola Christian College, Heather Heindel is an accountant that will spend her days and her volunteer time going over the books of a local church who's going from $1 million to $2 million in a fiscal year and doesn't know about cash-based accounting and accrual-based accounting and allowing that transition to be made. And she volunteers her service, allowing the kingdom of God to go forward. And she learned about accounting and got a love for Jesus at Pensacola Christian College. Bradley Edmondson will lead dozens of professionals and medical people all around this world, giving people eyesight and providing medical care. And he got a passion for the Savior, and he met his wife here at Pensacola Christian College. If you were to drive into El Progreso, Honduras, you would take a left-hand turn from the main town, and you would come upon a, count, uh, a compound that looks just as good as any place you've ever seen representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And there, Matt and Delita Goins, for 20 years, have been telling people about Jesus and opening up a surgical center and having a children's home there on their campus. And they learned a love for Jesus Christ at Pensacola Christian College. Dave Young travels in as evangelist all around this country telling people about Jesus. Graduate of Pensacola Christian College, Josh Basite is in Gainesville, Georgia. He is a nursing graduate. He works at the Veterans Hospital, and on Wednesdays and Sunday nights, he operates the sound and the tech, and during COVID, he set up the live stream so that his church would be able to minister in spite of all of that chaos, learned and loved Jesus Christ as a Pensacola Christian College grad. Ron Spivey serves in the federal government as a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. Megan Shore goes as a nurse, as an in-home nurse, and starts to care for a child who's an invalid and shows the love of Jesus Christ to this family, invites them to their church, and the family trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior. Where did she hone her skills? Where did she learn how to grow as a believer? Here at Pensacola Christian College, Michael Battles, a children's pastor, and this afternoon and yesterday afternoon was leading Bible clubs in the local Las Vegas public schools, and dozens of people will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and he grew in a passion for Jesus Christ at Pensacola Christian College. Dominic and Ashley Piazza lived down to, by Tampa. She is in the last year of becoming a nurse, a, a nephthist, somebody who knocks people out before surgery. And she's in the last year of going through that. And her husband is a physical therapist who was the first graduate of Pensacola Christian College and opened up doors for our graduates to go to the University of Miami. And they learned a love for God and a love for each other. As graduates of Pensacola Christian College, Eric and Sarah Condren serve the Lord up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they work on the board of a local Christian camp that last year saw hundreds of young people trust Christ as their Savior. And they assist people in knowing Jesus Christ as graduates of Pensacola Christian College. I got to tell you that in every area of life, we have graduates of Pensacola Christian College walking the halls of Congress. I could tell you about 
about Jamie and Jordana, who in the heart of Washington, D.C., are lobbying for our freedoms and defending truth and speaking up when COVID policies and restrictive practices are coming into a local law firm, graduates of Pensacola Christian College. There are names on buildings and there are testimonies of service, but they compare to the fact that there's a guy named Rocky Williams who decided to open up a, an escape room in Sacramento and open up an escape room. And the name of his escape room is the way of escape. Because even with his escape room, he's telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. He's a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. There is a brand new copy of the Bible into the language of Mongolian because of a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. There's a doctor like David Hurst who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. In Carnegie Hall this past year, a graduate of Pensacola Christian College, her music was being shared as Heather Sorensen composed beautiful uh, music that was able to be spread abroad about the goodness of our Savior. She's a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. Nathan Bushy has been serving as a teacher for years as a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. Will Rice leads a camp as a graduate of Pensacola Christian College. And I'm here to tell you there's great things being done. And there's hundreds of people being saved. And the work of God is going forward. And you're next in line. Your life as an engineer is gonna be used for the glory of Jesus Christ. I talked to an electrical engineer, recent graduate of Pensacola Christian College. You know what he does on his weekends? He helps hang lighting and install AV equipment for people at his church up in Connecticut. You wanna know why? Because this place will train you to love Jesus Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I just read off about 36 names and these are the names of people that in 20 minutes I could write down. And there are volumes and there are volumes and there are volumes of people who are serving Jesus in places you don't even know about. They are standing for Christ as engineers and politicians and they're working and starting local businesses and going to public schools and each week they teach Sunday school and junior high and their deacons and their advisors. And I just want to tell you, that's what life's all about. That's what life's all about. It's not about your GPA and it's not about your income bracket. It's all about lifting up Jesus Christ. Oh, greater things, greater things. And we're just scratching it. There are great things that God wants to do in and through your life. Jesus always keeps his promises. Jesus desires to use people. And he wants to use you. Oh, he wants to use your life for his glory. If you're a nurse, he wants to use your life for his glory. If you're pre-law, he wants to use, if you're gonna go into the military, God wants to use your life for his glory and do great things. Explore an amazing adventure. We must seek first the kingdom of God. The third point is this. Jesus gives a plea. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30 is the plea of Jesus. Because he always keeps his promises. Jesus desires to use people. 
and he gives this plea, Jesus and his plea. What is his plea? Matthew chapter 28, excuse me, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. The Bible says this, quoting the Lord Jesus Christ, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is what? It's easy. And my burden is light. Satan wants to lie to you and say that being liked is important. That no one cares, you're all alone. And your life doesn't matter. But Jesus always keeps his promises. Jesus desires to use people. And to people he makes this plea. Would you work with his body, the church? Would you make a renewed effort that your life will surround around the work of his church. I've married dozens of people, dozens of couples throughout my, my ministry. The one piece of advice that I make sure they all know, it's this. A Christ-centered home is a church-centered home. The church is the body of Christ. A Christ-centered home is a church-centered home. God says, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden easy is easy. My yoke, it's light. God wants you to serve with him, serve with him in his church. When you go back home this summer, some of you are going to be graduating. You've probably even got a countdown clock of how many days, maybe even how many hours you have left on this campus. Praise God for that. Be the best church member you possibly can be. Serve, tithe, give to missionaries. Go out of your way to be close to Jesus. Jesus' plea, work with his body, the church. Jesus' plea is work for his passion, the kingdom. A hundred years from now, nobody will care what kind of car you drive. Uh, two days ago, uh, Mr. Bullock and I, we were driving on Interstate 10, and there was a pink Lamborghini came flying by the other way. And it was pink, and it was a Lamborghini. <laughs> and my friend Doug said, oh, look at that. I said, wow, that's a pretty car. Do you know 50 years from now, nobody will care. Nobody will care about a pink Lamborghini. You say, well, somebody might. You won't. You're going to be 73 years old. Do you think you're going to care about a pink Lamborghini when you're 73 years old? I'll be 95. I promise you I won't be caring about a pink Lamborghini. A hundred years from now, even if you're alive, you won't care about your pink Lamborghini. If you scale to be the vice president of ABC Corporation, or you get some stars on your shoulder, or you get some notoriety or some followers on a TikTok or a video or an Instagram, and you become a, a famous person a hundred years from now, nobody will care. You know why? Because nobody cares about Charlie Chaplin. Not, not to be dismissive of the most famous actor in the world a hundred years ago. 
but no, nobody cares. You might be an amazing athlete. That's awesome. Be a great athlete. But if our life is all about being an amazing athlete, I would dare say that of a room that's four or 5,000 people in here, if I were to say, tell me right now who won the Super Bowl 10 years ago, maybe 100 people in this room would be able to say, it was the Dallas Cowboys. They would be wrong. <laughs> because in a world where we put so much attention on something, it's truly insignificant. And the prestige and the promotion and the prosperity that I, I don't think it's wrong to receive those things. It's not. But if we live for those things, we have literally lost what God wants for our lives. I love it when, a, when an athlete, like the Texans quarterback a few weeks ago, gets on TV and the first thing he says, I just want to give all praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello. Somebody gets it. Somebody gets it. I love it when a person will say, I just want to thank my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello. I love it when a business professional will go in and teach a three and four year old class. And with their off day on a Sunday, they will give 60 to 90 minutes or sometimes 100 minutes, depending on how long the preacher preaches in volunteer service. And you know, he might not be saying out loud, but with his time, he's saying, I want to give all praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. When a nurse will write a check for faith promise and nobody knows about it, but she hears about a need, a thousand dollar need off in some foreign land, and she writes a check that she did two extra shifts for in her overtime pay, and she writes it, and that check goes off and meets a need, and people are saved. She might not be saying out loud because no one's putting a microphone in her face, but what she's saying, this is for the praise and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's going to be you. See, Jesus' plea is that work with me in my body. Work with my passion, the advancement of this kingdom, and work on this earth for eternity. 100 years from now, what will matter? Some of you are about to take the LSAT. Oh, study and study hard. Pray. But the Lord's not going to open up the books of life and say, well, he's not going to do that. Some of you are going to take different opportunities and certifications and finals. And, and I'm not saying uh, it doesn't matter about all those things are super important because it gives you greater opportunity to serve him as his ambassador here on this earth. But I'm concerned that a lot of times in an environment like this, as a ministerial guy, we're like, well, I'm doing the work of the ministry. But I want you to know if you're a business management major, you do the work of the ministry. And if you're an accounting major, you're doing the work of the ministry. And if you're an education major, if you're an engineering major, if you're a chemistry major, if you're a biology major, if you are here as a student of Pensacola Christian College, you are to do the work of the ministry. Say, I don't know that I can handle all that. Oh, perfect. Because Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus always keeps his promises. 
Jesus has determined to use people. And Jesus gives a plea. Would you use your life for my glory? So at the end of this convocation, I just want to ask you this question. Would you be real? Not in a platitude that would make uh, uh, RA or someone on the administration be like, oh, that's a good kid. Would you and God just be real? Say, God, I've been so concerned with all these other things. But Lord, I want to do great things for you. And you've given me this skill in math. You've given me this ability to, to work a business plan. I, I've got this ability with athleticism or communication. I have this ability, Lord. And Lord, this ability is for you. And tonight as we start the first meetings of 2024, rather than being consumed with collegians and a whole number of different activities that are going on, could we be focused on the fact that Jesus wants us to do great things and do greater things than even he did? How could you say that? I didn't. He did. And from this place, imagine 4,000 young people going from this place not concerned with what type of car they're going to drive or what house they're going to live in, but concerned with 100 years from now. I want the kingdom of God to be busting at the seams. I'm going to invest myself in my church. You know, my church doesn't have a good college and career program. Oh, guess what? God gave that church you. You are the college and career program. Then use it for, your glory, for his glory. Jesus always keeps his promises. Jesus always uses people. And Jesus gives this plea. Jesus is the God of the impossible. Would you let him use you? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.